today on Ovias and Gilio. Okay, were we actually wrong about North Carolina? Gilio thinks I was off base with my social media headlining yesterday, so we'll get into that. We'll also get into App State and East Carolina fans being down bad this season. Why it makes sense at one place and why I'm not sure there's a way out at the other. Thanks to everybody who's given us five stars on their favorite podcast platform. Thanks to everybody who is subscribing on YouTube. All of that helps us immensely. You know what else helps? Buying a t-shirt. Go to breakingtea.com slash OG. Again, that's breakingtea.com slash OG. It's officially hoodie season, y'all. So get yourself an Ovius and Julio hoodie today. OG. 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 Golly. Let's podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Obvious inside the Eford Studios in downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties and thanks to Copiers Plus. Joe, guess who gets to use the Kyocera scanner and printer today? I do as a small business, although this is for personal use because I got to get a new HVAC system. So I got to sign some stuff, scan it, send it off, right? Simple as that. That's, Beautiful. That's, and that's just, that's just a small thing, right? Now imagine doing that multiple times over and you got to track all these documents on a business level, not just a little simple person level. That's where Copiers Plus can help you out. So again, go check them out online at copiers-plus.com. Uh, we, have, we have plenty of interactive things to get into today, um, but I feel like we can start today's show with a little potpourri of things that are going on. A cornucopia of news. If will, will it be fragrant? Um, I mean, we're a couple of dudes in a... 10 by 10 studio. It's going to get fragrant at some point. <laughs> um, <laughs> shout out to the Credissants, Joe. I called it. The Credissants oh, continues. They did win last night. They won. They? No, not only did the Rangers win last night, and the Rangers have been fueled by, can you take me higher? Who else won last night, Joe? I met the Vikings. I wasn't even thinking about the Rangers. <laughs> the Rangers and the Vikings <laughs> won last night. And you're probably, wait, wait, how, what? Yeah, so the Texas Rangers, their turnaround, they have credited Creed yes. and the song Higher. And I, I, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm actually going to pull up. I right, believe. Can, can I ask you a serious question? Yeah, ask me a serious question. I, that I really just don't understand. What? YouTube is filled with music. Yes. Filled. Yes. But you're telling me right now, if we tried to put this Creed song into our podcast, it would get flagged. <laughs> I know. I don't get it. Well, because we turned monetization on. If we turn that off? Yeah. If well, we then it, we could just do whatever we want. If we turned it off, it would get flagged. Still maybe. Get flagged right? it, it, would, might, it might get taken down eventually. Yeah. But I don't want to screw with the monetization. I, I don't either. I'm just, because what I was happens, thinking about this. Yes, because what ends up happening is this has happened when I've played some NFL clips. Mm -hmm. The NFL flag it, and then any monetization, $30 goes to the NFL. To the NFL. Goes to the NFL. That's my understanding. Pretty smart. I mean, does the NFL need our 30 bucks? Because it's not like we're making that much off YouTube monetization. Roger Goodell definitely needs our 30 That's how he makes his, what, $15 million a year. So it's way more than so that. Sorry. Whatever it is. So, yeah. So, the Rangers win last night, and there's a scene of them celebrating in the locker room, and you can hear them singing, Can You Take Me Higher? And then last night, Kirk Cousins... Did it again. Did it again. Primetime Kirk. They beat the Niners. And here's what Kirk Cousins had to say after the game. Yeah, I got to say it. You know, Creed. I'm getting my ankles taped pregame because I try to get them taped as late as possible. I'm sitting there on the table and suddenly it comes on. 
we go to pray in the corner of the locker room, any guys that want to pray. And so we had to turn the creed off. And Harrison Smith made a great point. He said, guys, this is the prayer. They keep playing higher. And I'm going, Creed has a, a lot of hits. They got a good catalog. I don't have to only play higher, but they're taking us higher. So we'll take it. <laughs> don't make me like Kirk Cousins, man. Don't do it. But apparently he comes off really, really well in the Netflix series. He does. Yeah, no, yeah. he, he I does. I don't watch it, so he, I don't know. He does. I still judge him on the stakes and whatnot, but still. Uh, I uh, I love Kirk Cousins and how he has kind of rolled off with this. No Creed Justin thing. Jefferson. No. They beat the Niners last night, in my opinion, the best team in the NFL. Yeah. Now, the what Niners. What is going the, on? The Niners. It's the NFL, man. It was a wild weekend. It was a, it was a wacky, like, oh, you think you can gamble in the NFL? Oh, look at that. Okay, cool. The, the, the NFL is engineered to do these types yes. of things. As much as we can point out and think that these teams are dominant, eventually they're going to get got, right? And while you, to your point yesterday, you can't overreact to some of the re, to some of the results. I mean, sure. Was I overreacting to the Dolphins' loss? Probably. That's what I meant. Like I hate it when people do that. Like in the NFL, like oh, the the record of these teams. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. But it's the NFL. Mm-hmm. This isn't like you're playing UTSA right. compared to playing you know Texas A&M, yes, Texas. It's not like you're playing a one win right. Virginia team. Who would lose mm-hmm. to them? Oh wait, we'll get to that later. So I bring up the Creedissons because. To your point last week about how there's an age range thing with yeah. Creed, I have no nostalgic pull for Creed because when they were coming up, I was beyond the age where that stuff would resonate with me. I viewed Creed as a Pearl Jam knockoff. Posers. Yeah. Creed was part of a rock. Religious Pearl Jam. I guess, yeah. yeah. Whereas, and Kirk Cousins is right. Creed is like prayer. Okay. Yeah. Because Scott Stapp, very religious. I actually knew somebody back in college uh, who was, highly religious and Creed was her favorite band because of that reason. I was always a newsboys guy or Petra regardless. Should I know what either one of those? No, that's a deep cut for people who went to youth group in the nineties. Okay. All right. If you went to youth group in the nineties and I just brought up newsboys, you're going hell yeah, let's go. Or was it John Michael McDonald? I think that's another. No. Or oh, keep forget. No, not him. He's not in the cave anymore. <laughs> <laughs> now I went to a huge youth group convention called DCLA '94, and there was all sorts. This is explaining a lot to me right now. Yeah, okay. I went with, I went with the San Joan of Arc youth group in '94. I was 15. Oh, you were still in Florida? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I was in public high school, but I was still part of a youth group organization back then. And I'm trying to think of the other uh, huge acts that were there at this thing. Oh, um, Amy Grant performed. Yeah. Of baby, baby fame. But she was originally a Christian artist. So I'm sure Kirk Cousins was at this event, too. I mean, you know, if I ever run into Kirk Cousins, I'm going to ask him, hey, man, were, hey. You at, were you at DCLA 94 in D.C.? And he'd probably like, oh, yeah, man. Great. Regardless. The reason why I bring up Creed, SEO that, Joe. I know. It's going to get you far. The reason why I bring up Creed is because the Carolina Hurricanes and the Carolina Panthers need to start listening to some Creed, okay? And to your point about the Renaissance, these are younger guys who probably watched montages about this stuff. I had a guy reach out on Instagram saying, to your point about Creed and the Nostalgia Fest, if there's this Creed reunion tour, I don't know if there is or there isn't, that it's going to get highly emotional for some of us. And let's see if I can bring up this. Uh, it's uh, in a glass case of emotion, me at a Creed reunion tour, and there's a guy just 
That's probably enough before YouTube flags my ass for playing some Creed. <laughs> Meanwhile, you can go find a whole Creed album. Oh, yeah, like, you can do the whole thing on, online. So I bring up the Canes. No be- sense to me. I bring up the Canes because they're, they're they're still on this road trip. They're back from the West Coast, but they're actually in Tampa tonight. Okay. A couple news and notes about the Carolina. Maybe Hurricanes. play some defense. So it's my, not, let's, let's not have it be optional anymore. Yeah. So if you need to listen to hire to put you in the mindset so you stop giving up goals, hey, man. Let's go. I used to make fun of Cam Ward all the time for listening to Nickelback. Maybe Auntie Ranta, Freddie Anderson, and Peter Kochekov. I know I know Anderson got a, a puck to the helmet and he got held out and everything else. But yeah, man, to just pump it through the locker room because it's working for the Rangers. It's working for the Vikings. Maybe it'll work for you. To your point about the defense, shout out to Colin. He does a, a Canes uh, blog called Home Ice Advantage. And he posted this on threads scored the second most goals in the league, 28. Their power play ranks 10th in the league at 26.7%. Good. Averaging four and a half goals a game. That's great. Yeah. For shorthanded goals with four. Awesome. But here's the problem. They've allowed the most goals than any other team at 30. Their penalty kill ranks 29th in the league, 67.9%. And they're tied for allowed shorthanded goals. So uh, to Colin's point, uh, I just like looking at the weirdness in these numbers. Uh, it really is some chaotic energy from the Carolina Hurricanes so far. And I know I know you're supposed to lean into the slogan, but you're not supposed to lean in that hard for the slogan, guys. But I'll say this. And tonight against Tampa, we're not going to see Andre Svechnikov, even though he says he's a couple days away. He had the non-contact jersey off at practice yesterday. And, of course, to kind of encapsulate the way things have gone for the Carolina Hurricanes so far this year with injuries to Corey Lavalette and uh, the busted teeth uh, avatar on Twitter that everybody loves so much, uh, Svetch took an errant puck to the face. Here's a guy who just got the non-contact off. He's practicing. He's a couple. He's, he's almost back. Boom. Stitches to the chin, man. Stitches to the chin. That's just kind of how the October has gone for the Carolina Hurricanes so far. Still no word on Ajo, too. Uh, I know Rod Brendan Moore uh, alluded to the fact that we're probably not going to see some of these guys tonight. Maybe once they get back I was home, say we get two home games this week, Thursday, Friday, back to back. Looking we'll forward to both of those games. Looking forward to getting those guys back. I'm sure they are too. You know, just, even though it's early in the season, it, it'll still, you got to, got to get your game together, man. Cause it is about the process. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, with Rod, some of those, Oh, he's so process driven. Th- th- this, this is stuff that won't, won't sit well with him. No. Meanwhile, the Carolina Panthers are back. We got the CJ Stroud bowl on Sunday between the Panthers and not even the Bryce young CJ Stroud, but just CJ Stroud. Stroud I'm telling you right now, because there was a question. I think this was from David Newton at ESPN who covers the Carolina Panthers straight up asked him, Hey, you've seen how CJ Stroud's been playing this year. And you see the success that the Houston Texans seem to be having in year one with their head coach. Um, And you had a choice. You had a choice to make. You went with Bryce young, CJ Stroud. And what have we talked about? Stroud, made more sense for a Frank Reich coach team in terms of checking off the boxes of quarterbacks. We know that Frank tends to like not Bryce young. And here is the question and answer. At what point during the pre-draft process did Bryce for you in your mind separate himself from Stroud and has anything happened since to say, Hey, that gap could be tighter now. Um, I'm, you know, as you would expect, I'm not going to comment about, you know, I'm more than happy to talk about our quarterback. 
Um, I thought the whole quarterback draft class was a really good class. I really enjoyed diving into each one of them. I thought they all were good players. If you looked at my scorecard on all of them, I thought they were all good players. We just thought Bryce was the best. I thought Bryce was the best. Not taking anything away from anybody else. So we're excited to have him. I really don't want to. We talked a lot back then about what we liked about Bryce and why we chose Bryce. Um, and so I'll just leave it at that. Good deflection from Frank Reich on that question regarding Bryce Young versus C.J. Stroud. Wasn't exactly a ringing endorsement of his choice. Though. No, no, it wasn't. Which I gets hate, me. I hate all of this for Frank Reich. I do. It gets to my second clip. I do. About how Frank doesn't exactly sound like he's on board with a lot of these things, right? So this week marks the official start of the Thomas Brown play calling mm. adventure for the Carolina Panthers. And he was asked about the process coming out of the bye week now that he's no longer the play caller. No, we've had, you know, Thomas, I had another good discussion this morning, you know, just about the transition and about philosophy and, you know, our approach this week and in general. Um, with every day, I feel better. You know, I feel great about it. So, um, Thomas is ready. We'll, it's, it'll be an organic thing. There's still going to be a lot of collaboration. Thomas is going to be in charge. It's not going to be micromanaged. Um, <laughs> what's, what's always the tell? What's always the tell, Joe? We're totally not micromanaging we're, this. We're, we're endorsing the coach. We're never going to fire him. <laughs> yes, I'm endorsing. I'm not, I'm not going to go anywhere near this. No, no. He's, he's got the vote of confidence. Vote of confidence. Oh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not micromanaging. Why do you unprompted? You telling us you're not going to micromanage? Oh, buddy, you're absolutely going to. I kind of feel like Frank Reich would be better off as a college coach where he only had to meet with the media once a week, as opposed to talking to them every day. Because like <laughs> he can't help himself a little bit, right? Yeah, like he's maybe a little bit too honest. I I appreciate that about him actually. Yeah, because he continues, but he also Staff gets himself a knot. Contribute like they do, but Thomas will be, you know, his personality, his decision making will be based on, you know, will be the play by play decisions. Uh, you know, what we do as a game plan, game planning process, that will still stay the same as it's been. So there you go. There's Frank Reich on Thomas Brown. But to your point, so he does kind of get himself into knots when talking about stuff. I appreciate it because it gives me context. It gives me content as right. well. Um, but I, it's not helping him, especially when you're 0-6 and all eyes are on you as to why it's playing out this way. Now, I think the answer is easy for the Carolina Panthers and why any level of adjustments going forward aren't necessarily going to help. Their defense is decimated, and their offensive um, decisions, you know, who they brought on, are not panning out outside of Adam Thielen. They got a decision to make, too, at running back. You know, Miles Sanders has not exactly been lighting the world on fire. He's, he's been bad. He doesn't play uh, the last time we saw the Panthers. Chuba Hubbard plays because of injury. And if Miles Sanders is healthy, I would still, based on what was, I should say, has been bad. Yeah, he's, he's not fumbling and doing all yeah. these other things. He's just ineffective. And if you've done the self-scout, I'll be really curious to see with Thomas Brown if they actually get to trying to run the ball more effectively, as we saw early on against the Dolphins. They've had success when they actually try to huddle, run the ball, establish, and then try to make things work for Bryce Young. But I guess we'll see on Sunday against the Houston Texans. We also have the trade deadline coming up. And some, there were some questions about, you know, how they view things, what they want to do and whatnot. Because if you're going to get better around Bryce Young, how do you do it? Well, you go and draft the help or you use the cap space, as you've, as, as you've liked to talk about, as you have talked about 
uh, the cap space is an asset for the Carolina Panthers. But if you're looking at the, the Panthers roster right now, who can actually bring in something for you? There's really two players. It's Brian Burns, which you're probably not going to get what you could have gotten earlier in the offseason when there was that report about two first-round picks. And I guess you got Frankie Louvu, but at that point, why do you not want to keep him and keep him as a part of your group going forward? So they got some decisions to make, man, and I just don't really see a way out other than utilizing the cap space and trying to hit there. It's a tough situation. They're winless. They had a plan. The plan didn't work. And now how do you shuffle and try to make the best of it going forward? Because you want to be something, but you're something else right now. Yeah. And it's hard in the middle of that to just be like, well, how do we adjust? I thought last year with Steve Wilkes, the way that they adjusted was they just said, you know what? We're going to run the football. We're going to play defense. We're going to grind this thing out old school. We're going to the oldest formula there possibly is. And we're going to try to win some football games. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can do that this time around, just because you mentioned the personnel issues, the injury issues. And then you also, you know, you look at it and you go, what ultimately is the only thing that you can get out of this year? And that is, can you protect Bryce Young and keep his confidence and not break him? Yeah. And then also give yourself a chance by the, cause you don't even get your, you don't even get the, the bonus of, of sucking and getting your number one pick that goes to Chicago. Yeah. So it's just a, it's just a really weird and awkward situation that you just hope maybe, maybe it won't go as poorly as, as the offer that seems to be looming over them. Every time we talk about the Carolina Panthers is brought to you by graffiti. So if you're looking for something to do on Sunday and watch the game, well, go on over to Cary. downtown Cary graffiti is a really cool spot. They have amazing cocktails uh, and they have a, an amazing bourbon selection, and they've got specials all the time. Tuesday's break-even night, so that's tonight. If you're interested in checking that out, they have a special bottle of bourbon uh, that's at cost to them and to you. And then on Sundays, they've got a bunch of specials as well. So go check out Graffiti in downtown Cary. One other news item to get to before we deep dive into the Carolina, into the Tar Heels and what the hell's going on over at ECU and, and App State. Michigan's cheating scandal? Scouting scandal, Spygate 2.0, right? The 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 khaki edition of Spygate continues to grow. Uh, there was a report yesterday from Pete Thamel that went into further details about Connor Stallions, uh, who was suspended. He's a he's a Michigan staffer. He's like a former Marine whose specialty on the, he positioned himself this way of like finding the weaknesses and the inefficiencies of the opposition. So that's what he was brought in to do. He reportedly makes $55,000 a year as a staffer. So he's not doing this for the money. He clearly is well off doing other things. But according to ESPN, the NCAA sign-stealing probe has now focused on purchase tickets this, in his own name hard to believe, for it? more than 30 games <laughs> over the past three years at 11 different Big Ten schools. Sources at 11 different league schools told ESPN. Again, this is from the story. Michigan's alleged sign-stealing operation includes both video evidence of electronics prohibited by the NCAA to steal signs and a significant paper trail. Stallions forwarded the tickets he bought to at least three different people in different areas of the country, which hints at the breadth of the operation. So I scroll, I'm like, all right, so what rules are actually being broken here when you buy a ticket? Like, if you buy a ticket and you go to an opposing team stadium yeah. to watch, when does it become, I'm just here to watch them play, and when does it become actual right, scouting? I, I can answer the first part of that one. So the NCAA rule in question is scouting in opposing stadiums, which has been in place since 1994. The second potential rule being broken is evidence 
of which had not been reported prior, could mean that Michigan violated Article 11, subsection H of the NCAA rulebook. Quote, any attempt to record either through video or audio means any signals given by an opposing player, coach, or other team personnel is prohibited. So what is going on here? I can tell you the first part of that rule because now that we're going to have teams from California and Texas in the league, I understand why it was put in. Okay. My friend Dave used to be assistant soccer coach at NC State, and I would just say, why don't you just go over to the Duke game? Watch Duke play. <laughs> yeah. Because he's friends with John Rennie. He used to work over at Duke, and you know John was the coach there for a long time. He's like, I cannot go to the game. And I go, what do you mean? He's like, it's an NCAA violation. And so I was like, go to the game. Yeah, because you're not allowed to scout in person because if you're in a league with Stanford, Stanford can't do the same thing you can do and get in a car in 20 minutes and go watch your future opponent. Oh, That's why they have okay. it in place. Okay. So I understand that part of the rule. Now, what is, as I've often asked coaches and ADs, what is the actual punishment for breaking set rule? Everyone usually kind of just throws their hands up. Who knows? Yeah. Right. So yeah, like if if Dave Doran's son ended up playing at Carolina, technically he would he'd need like a special exemption to go watch his kid play at Carolina down the road because you're not allowed to just go to games. Yeah, because that's what the film is for. You're you're allowed to watch film. Okay. You're allowed to do all of those things. Okay. Now the second part of this, like stealing signals, I, I'm just going to question the effectiveness of all of this. Mm-hmm. Okay, especially now when other teams know, even before. Like, think about how ridiculous it is on the sideline at NC State when they're holding up the the black curtains oh, to sure. hide the signs and all sure. this other stuff. It's like, do you realize how hard, like, let's tie this into Carolina right now. Mm-hmm. Mac Brown's having a hard time getting his team number 10 in the country ready to play against a one-win team. Mm-hmm. You know how hard it is to sit there and tell the linebacker, okay, when I give you this three sequence of signals... In a span of three seconds before the ball is snapped, it means they're going to run this play. Yeah. Like, do you know how hard that is? This isn't this isn't the Patriots filming something that the Rams have never run before in practice. Mm-hmm. Okay, to differentiate Spygate from this, or WikiLeaks for that matter, or even WikiLeaks, somebody giving away a playbook. This mm-hmm. is actually going to a game and saying, "Okay, this is what they do." It's really effing hard in real time to send signals from your staff to the linebacker who's sitting there as the core, the safety as the quarterback of your defense. Well, the athletic recently did a revisit of wakey leaks. This was over the summertime. Bruce Feldman and various others at the athletic had gone in and talked to principal actors. And then obviously um, was it Elrod? I can't remember. Larry Elrod. Who was, was Tommy. Tommy, thank you. Tommy Elrod, who was, for quick context, if you don't remember what Wakey Leaks was, early in Dave Clawson's tenure as head coach at Wake Forest, Tommy Elrod was on Jim Grobe's staff. Yes. He did not make it over to the Dave Clawson staff. He was bitter while working for the radio broadcast. So he would, as evidence would show, after Dave Clawson said there's been sabotage, tampering, if you will, that he was actually logging into film study at weird hours. And it all blew up when somebody left the playbook for Louisville. On the sideline of the game. On the sideline of the game, right? That's different than somebody trying to translate signs. And then, yeah, yeah. So they knew exactly what was happening. And they talked to one player who said, yeah, I didn't know what to do because once, I forgot who the player was, but I think it was in the Louisville game. The Louisville defender was shovel pass coming, shovel pass coming. He's like, like, what do I do? Do I call a timeout? And I think the quote was, I'm paraphrasing here was, Am I supposed to call a timeout in this situation and possibly ruin my scholarship because this is about to get blown up? 
And it really put them in a bad spot. But to your point, what is the translation from I, videoing what you see at opposing team oh. stadiums to what we see against the team that day? In actual person, you can then zoom in on their signals. And, and I get it. I'm not trying to diminish because the concept sign of signs. I'm not trying to diminish the concept of sign stealing. Yeah. In that if if you now, first of all, I only played high school football. We actually changed our calls in the game and from week to week because we were like, hey, when someone's scouting you, mm-hmm. like I remember very distinctly being at Clifford Scott in 1992 and I had, I had never run the football before and we were in a wing formation and my my buddy who was number 21, Carrie Parks, usually ran the football. Now I'm number 22 and I lined up in Carrie's spot and the, the linebacker goes, he's getting the ball. Like he pointed to me. They're running the football. They're running the sweep. They're running yeah. the sweep. And I was like, and to your point, I was like, Oh, what is about to happen here? Of course, I fumbled because I had never run the football before and they knew the play. (laughs) And you're like, what do you do? Right. But that's just scouting. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to diminish like, hey, if if you saw signals, linebackers are smart, right? Like Jermaine Pratt is like a computer brain. Okay, so I'm not trying to dismiss that part of it. Like, certainly there are players who can look to the sideline after being taught Mm -hmm. what the other team signals are and have a better idea of what's going to happen. But that's not the same as getting somebody's plays. That's not Agree. the same Agree. as even, like I said, Belichick going to a walkthrough mm-hmm. and filming something that's never been done before in a game. Totally get that. Like those are those are two different things. And I'm having a real, I'll, I'll give you a quick tangent here. When NC, remember when the ACC told all of their schools, you have to play a power five, one power mm-hmm. five opponent on your non-conference mm-hmm. schedule. And I remember Debbie Yao working very, very hard and, and Fred Demers working very, very hard and Michael Lippitz working very, very hard trying to find that opponent. Mm-hmm. And I would say to them, okay, well, what would happen if you didn't play Texas Tech? What if, what if, what happened if like Vanderbilt said, no, we're not going to play you? She's like, I don't know. And then I asked the ACC, I go, well, what would happen if NC State did was schedule? A, it was a suggestion. Yeah. I'm like, so there's a rule, but there's no punishment is what you're saying. Well, I mean, it depends on ultimately let's cut to the chase here. This is about Harbaugh. Yes. All right. This is about Jim Harbaugh and he's already dealt with an antagonistic relationship. And, and, you know, the whole, are you recruiting when you're not supposed to recruiting and the cheeseburgers and all that stuff. And they've been very antagonistic. And of course, Michigan's doing what any institution would do. They're making it this big, like, oh, you know, let's hold up the four for Jim Harbaugh. So he died. No, bro. He's just got suspended for being an ass. Four like, games. It's just four games. Maybe, that was, maybe that's what the four was for. Regardless. Um, you know, as antagonist. It's a persecution complex coming from everybody. Michigan, but and everybody has. Is, everybody has it. Yeah. And I'm going to be curious to see how Michigan utilizes this with the persecution complex. Because it's now coming for Harbaugh. Like, you got the Dan Wilkins of the world that are saying, well, he can't be in the college football playoff coaching if it comes back to him. Well, do I think Harbaugh knew what was going on? Of course he did. Of course he knew. Because the paper trail would – this is like classic uh, Chip Kelly amateur hour where, I'm sorry, you're using personal credit cards? Like, what? Y'all, have you never learned lessons? Yeah. Cash. Cash. Always use cash. Also, remember, the reason you can get this information is tickets are – public information yes for at public schools yes. so you have to put on the list who's purchasing your tickets right so when you're doing this you're opening yourself up to get caught now am i suggesting that this staffer goes to i don't know he he goes to to ohio state ahead of a game and he 
Like, does anybody actually still use cash for scalping? Uh, probably difficult. It's probably like Venmo me. Is that what it is now? Like, honestly, I have not scalped tickets in a long time. But there's plenty of ways to get to those tickets. Something yes. if at you're trying put, to do something illicitly, at least go get a, a Visa card. But it, a, a, a pre-upped. But this gets but this gets to an interesting point. As everybody's gone cashless, and you need this to get into your yeah, but that's your now. phone. I could go get a phone. Yeah, from but a- as we know, as we like, for instance, Kelly went to the Virginia North Carolina game. Okay. All right. So we went through this whole process of we gave the tickets away. Shout out to Jean. Jean couldn't use the tickets. Jean was feeling better. And I'm glad Jean is feeling better. She couldn't use the tickets, so she sent them back to us. Mm-hmm. But it went through my account, which then I then transferred to Kelly. So there's a there's a record of how these right. tickets, and that's what they want. This is all to prevent scalping. When I go to StubHub or SeatGeek, the official provider of UNC Athletics Secondary Market, there we go. they actually have who originally purchased the tickets. And then it's transferred to you. All this stuff is now recorded. This, yeah. We're gone from the days of me rolling up to a stadium and you got a guy holding up four, not in honor of Jim Harbaugh, but that he's got four tickets. Uh, and he also has the sign that says he needs tickets too mm-hmm. because he wants to hustle those. And it's just a cash transaction. But you don't do that anymore. because nobody I would take, say rarely. Yes. Nobody <laughs> takes tickets anymore. Right. Except Steve Young. <laughs> so anyway, that's where we are with that. So, yes, it's eventually going to come back to Jim Harbaugh. Now it's going to be curious to see what the NCAA does to Jim Harbaugh if it looks like he was the one that was coordinating this science-stealing scandal. Especially after they just let Kansas off and NC State and everybody else. Like, come on, guys. What are we we doing? Let's get to some housekeeping. We'll be at ACC tip-off tomorrow. That's in Charlotte. Uh, It's the basketball media day. So a little bit of housekeeping with how tomorrow is going to work. Um, we're going to try to put out something relatively early in the morning before we sit down and we start talking to our friends from ACC basketball schools. And then Thursday's show will be a, more of a big four focused show where we're scheduled to talk to Kevin Keats from NC State, Armando Baycott from North Carolina, John Shire from Duke, uh, who just signed a nice contract extension with the Duke Blue Devils, and Steve Forbes from Wake Forest. And who else knows who's going to drop on by? But ultimately, that's what, what Thursday's show is going to be tomorrow. There's the commissioner's forum. Really curious to see how, because this is really our first public opportunity here from Jim Phillips post-expansion. So tomorrow's show is going to be focused more on that. I don't know. Maybe we can track down Jim Phillips and ask him some questions. He can. He, he tends to be a little elusive at events like that, but we have our ways. Uh, big thanks to Breeze Through for sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. They got a cool contest going on right now. say, Adam's got... Adam's got some work in here. Adam's got a lot of things going on, man. Let me, let me see if I can pull up the text. You because you know what happened? What's that? I'm on the Instas now. Yeah, I saw your back. You and you and Jordan convinced me. <laughs> well, it's kind of important these days, man. I know. But you know me and technology. Yeah, and no, I know. I, I know. Get, I, know. I, get I get dicey. You get scared of things. I'm skittish. You do get scared. Where did the uh, darn it? Where did the darn howl? Yes, it's how it's homecoming hell. It's it's homecoming hell, and I'm sitting here trying to find the text from Adam. Do you want me so to do it? I found it. Okay. I found it finally. So it's Howl at the Moon. Yes, and they got a local artist, Ellie Smith, uh, that did the windows uh, at the arena store at Bree- for Breeze Through special mural for homecoming game day. You know, beat Clemson, et cetera, et cetera. But here's what Breeze Through is going to do as part of the Freeze Crew at Hurricanes games. You're going to get. Four tickets and an opportunity to be a part of the Breeze Through Freeze Crew. All you have to do 
is go to the arena store this week, pick up a fresh breeze through Howler, and they've got the best local craft beer there. Trophy Wife, Vicious Fishes Octopills. They got R&D Riviera, uh, Mother Earth, and Circe Seltzers as well. So you buy the Howler, snap a pic of it in front of the mural, and post it to Instagram with the hashtag HowlAtTheMoon, and you got to tag Breeze Through and see so they can track you and things like that. And a winner is going to be picked on Sunday, next Sunday. Awesome stuff. Breeze Through. I was on 64 yesterday yeah. in Cary. I was like, you know what? Breeze Through, right here. I'm on it. Also, big thanks to Whitaker and Hamer. Go check them out, wh.lawyer. Again, that's wh.lawyer, attorneys and counselors at law. Uh, we're going to need Whitaker and Hammer for you again since we're driving out. Well, we're driving separately, but yeah. when you're going to Charlotte, are you going to have another traffic incident? Should I take the train tomorrow? Probably too, it's probably too late to take that, right? What time do we start? We start. Commissioner starts at 8.30 in the morning, man. There's no way you're making it there. Okay. At 8.30 in the morning. Just go the speed limit. Use cruise control. Try it. It's a struggle. It's Try real. It, well, just alert Whitaker and Hammer that yeah. they might have yet another yeah, traffic violation <laughs> that they might have to uh, to utilize for you. <laughs> We've hit the portion of the program where Joe wants to workshop a new idea. I got issues with the social media manager of yes, Obi's and Joe. I would like to speak to the social media manager. Well, you're talking to him. Okay. What what beef do you have with well, the social media manager? I, I noticed the tweet <laughs> yesterday about the show that was sent out. You know, we were wrong about UNC. I'm sorry. Were we not? What were we wrong about UNC? What part were we wrong about UNC? When we're talking in real time about a team that's 6-0 and and has put themselves in position to make the college football playoffs and they have a path to the college football playoff, how are we wrong at that point? We were wrong. We were wrong not to predict that they were going to lose to a three-touchdown underdog? Like, I don't... We, I, I would say that we were wrong in thinking, or at least I was wrong in thinking. Maybe we're using the royal we, or I was using no, no, the no, royal I, we incorrectly. No, I think we were on the same wavelength. No, see, I think where I was wrong was I thought that Carolina had put shit like that behind them. Like the, what happened against Virginia, I thought would be behind them because to your oh, point, I thought so too. Because to your I didn't point, think they were going to lose to Virginia. No, at home. To your point yesterday, this wasn't fluky. No, that's what I like. That's the thing. If, I, how if, am I supposed to put that? If shit happens, shit happens. Right. It's football. Right. All right. If there was some fluky thing that happened, you're like, hey man, that's just the way the football bounces sometimes. And to Mac Brown's point on Saturday after the loss. A lot of football teams go through this. A lot of teams have that one loss that you wish you'd had back. But typically, that one loss comes in two forms. Either it's a top 25 matchup where they were just better than you and somebody has to win yeah. and somebody has to lose. That's how it works. Yeah. And it's they not just, soccer. It's, <laughs> right. So when Notre Dame takes it to Southern Cal, hey, man, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Top 25 matchup between Utah and South, uh, Southern Cal, hey, man, that, they have your number. Utah's got your number, man, in a top 25 matchup. And you can understand, like, yeah, you're good, but you're not them. Yeah. Or you get upset by a true underdog and some weird stuff happens, to your point. It's a kick return. It's a blocked kick. It's a pick six. It's an, you keep giving the other team field. event after another. Yeah. Or you keep giving the other team field position, right? And to a certain extent, North Carolina did, did do that with Virginia. But they rent. Virginia just straight up beat them. And that's the part that I got wrong about this Carolina team. I thought that they had put this stuff behind them 
And yet you can add another game to the double digit favorite loss, the underdog biting you in the ass from 2020. And you had that yellow pad stat from yesterday that I don't have time to bring up. Yeah, they're six and five in, that in is ACC an, games. That is an outlier. Double. That is an outlier yeah. in the case of North Carolina versus everybody else. And the question is, why? Why does it keep happening to them? Which gets us to some YouTube comments. Because oh, good. But I, I just push back a little bit in the sense that we were wrong. Okay. Because we were talking about it as it was happening, like being six and oh in the way that they had played. Sure. You can't assume mm-hmm. that something calamitous is going to happen. This this reminds me of the time Laura Keeley. Former colleague at yeah, the News yeah. Observer. Shout out to Remember Kills. when Jameis Winston won the Heisman Trophy, mm-hmm. then came back the next year and Florida State was preseason number one, mm-hmm. national champs, the whole thing. Laura did not vote for Jameis and Winston as the ACC preseason player of the year. Mm-hmm. And people were like, well, you're just a hater. You're this, you're that. She's like, he's going to do something stupid where he's <laughs> going to get suspended or something dumb is going to happen. And sure enough, sure enough, sure enough, if she wasn't right, yeah, she was right. About but I was that. like, yeah, but you can't necessarily she's like with Jameis yes you, could. you can you could <laughs> yes no. you can and that's where I think I was wrong I get, about Carolina. maybe that's where if Carolina have, has shown us this pattern before and Carolina fans to their credit but were it's trying tough to watch them in the way that they were playing yeah, and be like I hey dude I agree I agree and that's why I apologize to UNC football fans yesterday because they tried to tell there me there were a the hardcore, yes, that we're like, saying this is a thing. It's going to yes. happen. It's going to happen. And Maybe sure enough, not to Virginia. Though. When it happened against Virginia. So this is, uh, we got a lot of comments about this stuff on YouTube. Uh, and one of the one of the comments said, I can't disprove your point that UNC's loss to Virginia was a coaching failure, as we've obviously gotten a lot of history of not showing up for these easy games. That being said, offensive execution was atrocious on Saturday, more so, I'd say, than any game this season. I'm talking bad. Half of Drake Mazing completions were overthrown higher than Ovia's after three groove wagons. And the other half were bobbled by a wide open Nate McCollum. Again, these are things you can't predict. McCollum had been coming up, right? right? So it's not like the play calling was the smoking gun. I'll agree there. In my honest opinion, real coaching failure would be if Mac had pulled a bizdelic in the postgame interview with regard to the miscues and then proceeded not to address them with the players and the staff all week and practicing going to Atlanta. Y'all have been saying all along that it's all there for you and see if they can just manage to put the pieces together. Myself and other Heels fans have been skeptical of these claims. Again, why I apologize to UNC fans. But I do think if we could swing a turnaround win at Georgia Tech next week, that might be the best proof of your theory yet. And if we don't, what's Riley's number again? Might need a Magnifico or seven. Text the King, y'all. 919-306-8598. on the yellow pad behind Joe. Uh, to... Uh, Sir Galahad, the pure. I disagree that there is no chance that UNC makes the college football playoff. Obviously, it would be really a long shot, but there is a chance if UNC wins out. Again, what about this UNC team would A, lead you to believe they're going to win out against the rest of the schedule? B, I think there's a point that when it comes to college football, more so than anything else, there's something that really does stick out with North Carolina now after Saturday, Joe. Yeah, it's not about winning out. It's it's about what's on your resume and what isn't going to be on their resume. Mm Mm-hmm. Because outside of the league, what do you have? And now you're going to be compared to other teams. Because you know who's starting to come up, and I can't believe it. I can't even, like, it hurts my brain to even put them in this conversation. Alabama. Yeah. (laughs) God forbid Alabama runs the table. I know. And Georgia has one loss, and we have to see Alabama and Georgia in the playoff again because I cannot handle it. This is from, uh, from Helton. I think the reason North Carolina loses so many of these games 
where they are a double digit favorite is because they are consistently overrated. It's like the odds makers are unaware that this same UNC team struggled to beat a mediocre app state squad earlier this year. They should not have been a 23 point favorite in the first place. This has been a common retort. It has been. And mostly by state fans. Yeah, here's another one from Jay Clemens. The problem with UNC and them dropping these types of games is that they're always being overhyped by media Okay, because of Mac Brown's national success. The media does not set the line for the games. Mm -hmm. It's an empirical number. It's not influenced by how great Mac is as a talker and salesman. Sure. That's the problem. Like Vegas has stacks on stacks (laughs) on stacks. Because it's not about emotion. And the emotion that they do appeal to is an Alabama, is a Georgia, is a public favorite. Maybe in basketball, you'd see a a push or a pull with a Carolina game. But in football, no, no. That's what's what's mind-boggling about this. Mm -hmm. These guys don't guess. But they've been wrong this many times, which is wild. Mm -hmm. It's Statistically, it's wild. So those were some of the comments that we got from yesterday. There was another leftover topic from North Carolina and their loss to Virginia. That yeah, I wasn't, but I wasn't blaming, or neither one of us were blaming the play calling. No. Coaching is about having your team and in a situation and be, putting them in the best position to win football games. Yes. Again, you have three chances after. And, and I'll, let's go on the positive side of that first. Virginia falls down 24-14. Tony Elliott, his team, they respond. They score immediately on the next drive. Mm -hmm. Carolina goes ahead, right? 27-24. The very next drive, Virginia responds and makes the plays necessary to win the football game. Carolina had three chances in the fourth quarter of that football game with the ball in their hands to win the football game, and they couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's coaching. Because if something's not working, then you have to change what you're doing to put your players in a better position to understand how to win the football game. Which is why I brought up yesterday, and I'll repeat this point. Look, Mac Brown's done an incredible job in his return to North Carolina. I mean, that yeah. was that was things got stagnant under under Larry Fedora. And well, even the worse most, than stagnant. Even the most <laughs> simple things like recruiting in the state of North Carolina had fallen off because of yes. Larry Fedora. So shout out to Mac Brown for infusing some life into the Tar Heels because it never should get like that at North Carolina. However, if it's not, you know, oh, we, we uh, don't, don't eat the poison cheese. We, we knew it would be a fall break crowd and this and that. If you know all these things, this is, you're not your first rodeo with this mm-hmm. happening. As we've pointed out, it's happened six times overall, five times in the ACC where they've out, they outright lost as a double digit favorite. If it hasn't worked five previous times, Maybe you should change your approach to the week so that the players don't find themselves this. Or why is it that you find yourself as a program as Glass Joe out of Mike Tyson's punch out where once you get hit with some adversity, it's really hard for you to get up off the mat. And while North Carolina has shown signs where they can overcome that stuff just based on pure skill oftentimes, because you do have a Drake May, you do have a Marion Hampton. You keep playing with fire. It's the old... F around and find out chart. North Carolina keeps effing around. And at some point they're going to find out. And I think that's the part that would be most frustrating for North Carolina fans and frustrating for observers of North Carolina, like us, where you're like, we, you're right. We're not wrong when we say it's all there for North Carolina. And right. And that's where you go and go, oh, man, how'd you do that? You were wrong about one thing. What was I wrong? About? I mean, I'm wrong a lot. It's fine. 
What was I wrong about? Um, I, feel, I feel like I should start cutting the clips so that I could replay them back for you. To be yeah. Like, what, what, what did you mean by this? What did I say? When you said that the, their problem isn't winning big games. What big games has Mac won since he's been back? I'm being serious right now. Like it, it was awesome that they beat South Carolina in that <sighs> yeah. first game. And then they beat Miami the next week. Those were good wins. Yeah. Please don't get me that's wrong. A, that's a big game for them. They, they beat the absolute nonsense beat, out of state that year. State. Yeah. 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 And by, Miami is the big win every year. They beat Miami, mm-hmm. but, and you know, getting to the, ACC, maybe, maybe we have our own colored we do. thoughts and, about and, what Miami is, but seriously, and getting to the ACC championship game. Like, I don't, oh, no, no, ex- no, I don't no, expect them, but yeah, Ser- I'm, I'm being serious. Cause I was, I was in the car yesterday as I want to do. Like, I like to get a little replay, get a little, get those reps in, figure out what's going on. No. And I'm, I was sitting there thinking, going, Did they have a big bowl. Win? What was his actual best win? No, no. Remember that was the best, that was the best trick he ever pulled losing to Texas A&M yeah. and going into the next year being preseason top 10. You know what? You're right. They can't win. A, they haven't won a big they haven't game. Won a big no, you're right. They've beaten Miami, mm-hmm. right? They've lost every game to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. They have not beaten Clemson. They no, you're right. They beat South Carolina in the Mayo Bowl twice. Does App State in, in, in Is South that a big Carolina game? Twice. I mean, it was important for them not to lose <laughs> that's, that's, all of those games, which he could have lost that's, all of that's, those that's, games. That is a different designation. That is a but, different. No, you're right. When you go back and you actually look at it, you're, you're like, right. no, you're right. Uh, the you're best right. win is probably Miami. You 62-26 know, Miami. You know where <laughs> you know where we're both right. Yes, wings over is ah. uh, money. Oh. Did you try a new? You tried a new flavor. I had to text Ryan yeah. yesterday because you know me. I do not like to get out of my comfort zone. No, you don't. Particularly with food. Mm-hmm. Shouts to Rondo up at ECU. He said, Ryan's, you know, Ryan was originally at, at Wings Over Green Bowl for yeah. a long, that was like his home base. Mm-hmm. Ryan's a great dude. He's like, I love going over there. He's like, have you had the West Texas Mesquite yet? I haven't yet. And I was like, no. Is that a dry rub? It's a rub. Okay. And I love a rub. And he's like, oh, you got to get that. And so yesterday... I didn't get sweet chili. I got hot, which I, I, I feel like I'm always obligated to sure. get hot. And I got the West Texas Mesquite. Nice. Let me just tell you for OG, the OG tailgate on November 7th mm-hmm. at uh, PNC Arena, mm-hmm. there will be West okay. Texas Mesquite because it's delicious. Hey, as long as you still bring the hot lemon pepper, I'm down. Yes. All right. Yes. Yes. I'll be I'll be headed to Wings Over on Friday, so I'll I'll have to add I'll that. I'll probably to go the back list. today, man. I'm not gonna lie to you because it it was <laughs> anyway. It was thanks good. to Wings Over. Every time we talk about college football, it's brought to you by Wings Over. Wings Over Raleigh. Wings Over Chapel Hill. You can eat your feelings if they lose to Atlanta. Get the West Texas in Atlanta, Mesquite. and they're not gonna lose to Georgia. Wings Over Greenville. I think which I will... said the same thing about Virginia last week. But one other one other note about UNC because this has actually started to bother me a little bit about the crowd. Okay. Crowd is the, the crowd conversation to me is played out. Number one, especially given the environment of going to watch sporting events in the year of our Lord, 2023. Yeah. Number two, you shouldn't need the crowd to beat Virginia. You should not need a raucous crowd on a Saturday night to motivate you for your bigger goals. Can a crowd affect the game? Of yeah. course it can. Yeah, yeah. Of course it can. But not when you're taking on an opponent that's one in five going into the game. Can the crowd carry you over in a game like Miami, a top 25 matchup? I think so. Can the crowd carry you over in a game against, say, NC State, a rival or like App State? Yeah, I think so too. But in this type of environment, no. If you're about it, you can overcome the sure. sleepy nature of some games. 
So uh, Andrew Jones, uh, who's over at Tar Heel Illustrated, and I, man, I'm trying to think how long I've known Andrew Jones. Andrew's a grinder, man. Man, Andrew's been grinding for 20 plus years, man. Andrew's, Andrew's, Andrew's always going to be cool with me because when I first started coming up, you know how it is. It can be sometimes the older heads might not, you know, like, oh, who's this young kid, whatever. Who's that radio guy? Nah, Andrew was never like that. Andrew's Andrew's always been uh, an OG. So they had this conversation after the fact. It was pulled by the Sons of Saturday podcast, which shockingly, a Virginia Tech podcast slash social media account is obsessed with what's happening what? at North Carolina. NC State fans. And then NC State fans. And then NC State fans <laughs> oh, my guys that up. You know, you, you, it's funny. You <laughs> joked about the Predator meme. Virginia Tech fans, oh. NC State fans, clasping oh. for hating of uh, of all things North Carolina. So there's, this was the exchange with Andrew at Tar Heel Illustrated regarding the crowd. Yeah, I didn't have any traffic, any traffic coming in. Me either. Me either. Fact, other than the cones and the road and some of the parking people, you never would have known that there was a game today. The fans stunk. The crowd was terrible. It wasn't full. You have a number 10 team in the country at this school. Hadn't been here in the middle of the season since 2015 and only once since 97. The people didn't show up. I agree. They didn't I thought, make a lot of noise. I, I think the fans, I think everything everything about the team, everything, they're, they're, you could point fingers everywhere tonight. This was a terrible look for North Carolina football. Okay. So that's the clip from Tarla Illustrated uh, from Andrew Jones. Andrew should know better. Because Andrew's been covering this area for mm-hmm. 25, 30 years. Well, he's reacting to the moment, too. I, mean, I get that is, part. happens. But I graduated from complaining about crowds years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I think what yeah. ends up happening, you know. There's a lot, man. Hey, it's man, a look, lot. I'm, I'm, I look, you know, sometimes, uh, shout out to the listeners who joke with me when I go on my MLS is a Ponzi scheme. Like, that's my favorite song, Joe. Like, I know. I know. Yeah. I have my certain, like, put it up on the playlist. Hit play. Here we go. About five years ago, six years ago, however long it was, I stopped caring about crowd sizes, crowd conversations, because I think us, we in the media, forget how convenient it is for us to go to games. We have a parking pass. We know where to park. Which is pretty big. We usually get there a few hours before a game, and we just roll up, okay? We also get a seat. We get fed. We have internet access. All right. So all these things make it seem like getting with a game. It's like, what's the problem? What's the problem? And we know going into it, we're going to be there for a long time. Fans don't have that time, especially when you have kids and things start to add up both in terms of time and in terms of money, because going to a sporting event now is freaking expensive, man. Trust me. When you get to October in North Carolina, people like to joke about the summer and the beach and everything else. Now, man, I would argue that the worst time of the year in North Carolina for sports in terms of time allotment is October. Everything's happening in October from the fair to the Canes. Eventually you got basketball, you got youth sports, you've got marching band competitions, you got all these things going on. And at some point you have to make decisions. Well, how am I going to go to the hockey game in the morning and then get to the game at night? What time am I going to get back? Yeah, I'm it's a commitment. It's a commitment, man. Financial and and your own emotional and everything. And I get it. And I'm not. I didn't. But I didn't send you that clip to like bag on Andrew because I he does. I think he no, does no, good work. But, and I think he was kind of reacting in I'm, the moment. I'm using Andrew's clip 
because I'm with you. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to do this to bag on Andrew. Yeah. All right. I'm using Andrew's clip to illustrate a talking point that probably has to be eliminated from these types of games. Oh, I agree. For two reasons, as I illustrated. One is if you're about it as a football team, you power through that shit. Number two, fans are making decisions now for multitudes of reasons. And it's you have to adjust Listen. what you expect. And that's why I just don't really get wrapped up in the crowd stuff this day. You, We're going to see this with basketball, by the way. Oh, do you know how mad I was when the NC State Miami game time came out as eight o'clock? Oh, screw that. That's past my bedtime. With the Clemson NC State games at two, two. Right? I'm like, perfect. Let's go. And I'll be able to watch that game <laughs> before I take Jacob to hockey. I got, your like, cred- that stuff matters. I got you a credential, by the way, for the Miami game. When is that game again? Next Saturday. That's But it's eight o'clock. Is that November? What is that? November? I might not be able to, I might be in Roanoke, Virginia okay. for that, man. Well, I don't know. I might be, no, the Roanoke, that's when NC State's at Virginia Tech, right? Like November 9th? It, I'm actually going to be up there. If only this hockey. magical Google machine know, in right? front of us could produce a schedule. Anyway, anyway, let's, let's, let's go. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Before we leave though. Yeah. I found statistically North Carolina's best win at Mac Brown 2.0. Ah, okay. And I never would have come up, come up with this because it was a non-conference game. 2021, they beat Wake Forest. Remember, Wake Forest won the Atlantic Division that year. Wake went 11 and 3 that year. That's their best win. That's funny. Yeah, that is funny. Shout out to Homefield. Check them out, homefieldapparel.com. Use that promo code OG23 to save 15% off your first order. My brother used the OG23 promo code to get a really nice NC State sweatshirt. Hit your brother up for a loan or something. Well, I think I need to. No, you got to hit my parents up for that. You sure? Yeah, you think your bro's like in Iceland and I'm telling you, man, I got, I got, what do they call that? Social media envy, FOMO. Yeah, I'm like, whoa, whoa. fear of missing out. What's going on? This guy's a traveler. Yeah, no, my brother's on it. No, no, no. My brother is bankrolled just like I am. <laughs> so the bank so Ernie's the answer. Yeah, Ernie's the answer. I'm trying to get him that Miami jacket. They just don't make one yet. Hey, you know, we'll you have to put a special. You want to get you want to get in my dad's uh, social graces? <laughs> you know, by all means, uh, send them some. Send him a, a satin jacket. Uh, but Homefield's got those bomber jackets. They do. That are freaking sweet. The pit one is the best of the ACC choices right now. So go ahead um, and use that promo code OG23. There really is something for everybody on that Homefield site, and it, the quality of those sweatshirts, the quality of the, all of their merch. Great stuff. Also, big thanks to Hometown Realty. Uh, they got brokers all across the uh, the area and throughout North Carolina. And as you were pointing out yesterday, new construction, new man. Construction, that's a big deal. You got to have your foot in the door. And more than 60% of Hometown Realty's business is in new construction. So you might look around. You might be driving around going, Jillio, what are you talking about? There's all this new construction. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. And if it is, you you better have a way in because it'll already be sold. That's why you go to myhtr.com. The expertise, the experience of Barry Woodard's team from here to the coast, more than six locations, more than 250 agents, and the simplicity mm-hmm. of using myhtr.com for all of your real estate needs. Also, thanks to the Butcher's Market for sponsoring Ovis and Gilio. Kenneth all over the place, man. Kenneth on the socials. He said he was out at a golf tournament yesterday yeah, and so people were listening. Yes, lung cancer, lung cancer Initiative Memorial Tournament for Ben Hinson. And there's, I'm pulling this up on YouTube yeah. if you're watching. There's Kenneth. He's got the, I believe he's got the egg with him. I know. As he was grilling up. Making me a little bit jealous that he was like, yeah, you know, we're going to do that for the OG Golf Well, yeah. my understanding is that there was an issue with the equipment. He had an equipment They've issue. had all kinds of um, 
ancillary issues with their grills yeah. and trailers, if mm. I remember correctly. Yes. He had to wash his hair that day, too. I mean, I don't know. No, I kidding. mean, you know, no, I'm great. tired. I got a headache. Butcher's <laughs> Market's awesome, and it's great to see them out in the community. So. You know what cures that? A steak sandwich. <laughs> Go to the Butcher's Market. <laughs> yes. That's a valid point. So we spent a lot of time talking about Carolina, Virginia yesterday, some other college football matters, get the my NFL. Notes. One thing that we did not get into, but I, I wanted to devote more time to, is what the hell is going on in Greenville? What the hell is going on in Boone? Hmm. Now, I do think they're two completely different issues. And I, I put it out there on social media yesterday as I was doing prep for today's show. And I'm like, explain like I'm five. What the hell is going on in Boone and Greenville this year? Now, what's going on at App State and what's going on with the Pirates I think are separate issues and what the fan bases are ultimately upset about are specific to where they are in their program's life cycle. Okay. okay. So Kevin, a former colleague of ours, uh, referring to Sean Clark at app state, he's just not capable of being the head guy, which most of us have known attention to detail, sloppiness, just little things that trickle down from a head coach. It's been trending this way for three years, but now coming to a full boil strong bet. There's a new head coach next fall. From Lake, regarding Boone, feels like this is a continuation of last year and Clark's reign as a whole. You can only come up heads on coin flip games so many times, and the Sun Belt has only gotten better. I was going to say, I'll, I'll tell you what I think is the biggest problem for App State. They're four and seven in league play in the last two years. Yeah. The, the league has gotten a lot more difficult. Mm -hmm. I also think you can explain App in this way. Um, they went from Scott Satterfield to Eli Drinkwitz, which was a a little bit of a easier transition because it was all of Sats players. Yeah. So basically you had drink there for one year. Who did he really recruit? Right. In one year. Yeah. I'm not trying to blame him for where they are now, but oh. like there's a trend when you go from Satterfield, like this lifer to drink, who was an interloper then to back to a lifer. Yeah. Rebuild. And guess what year it is. Mm -hmm. It's year four. Mm -hmm. Like these are the guys who should be from that class, from those strongest years. Like, Drink went 13 and freaking one. Like these guys should be flying right now with that type of class. But that, that also doesn't account for there was a pandemic in the interim. Yeah. So I have less questions about app and where they are now. I can, I can more easily explain why they are where well, they are mm -hmm. than I can for ECU quickly about app in their last 12 losses. 10 of them have been decided by one score. Yeah. All right? I mean, all four losses this year, have come down essentially to the final play. The old Dominion game, which they lost 28 to 21, they fumbled an exchange on a two on second and one. If they just converted the first down, they could probably run out the clock the rest of the way. Instead, they have to give the ball back. And I believe there was a fourth and 10 that they gave up against old Dominion. And there's your ball game. Um, you also have, yeah, look, are there some mistakes? Like I just mentioned that exchange. Uh, Joey Aguilar, who was not the quarterback they thought they were going to have, but actually looks like, I, I he's, like him. he's pretty decent, mm -hmm. but there's a little feast or famine with him as well, sure. based on what he's I've been able to quarterback. watch. And, and, that, and youth, to your point about the recruiting, that cycle might be coming home to roost, and it's up to Sean Clark to get at to where they need to be, and that might be next year or the year after. Yeah, I get the frustration, though, because I don't think App State's played a normal game in like two or three years. No, it's been the most bizarre tough. thing. Now, to ECU. And again, I put this out on social media and people were doing, you know, an awesome job just to kind of break this down for me. And, you know, like the Jeff, uh, Jeff made a really good point. This is the new world order of group of five football. 
winning year in and year out is over unless you have enough NIL money to get and more importantly, keep talent on your roster. There you go. And that's what I was realizing about go. ECU. Dude, they had like 28 transfers out of the program last year. And not because Mike Houston's doing a bad job. It's just that, hey, man, NIL is going to change the game. And if somebody could throw more money at you at a Power 5 school, that's where you're going to end up going, right? E ECU's offense is really bad. Mm -hmm. Really, really bad. We're talking um, like Scotty Montgomery, John. I, I texted our friend Denny O'Brien. Well, East, ECU's offense right now makes states look like the 89 Niners. Like yes. they're they're just bad. I, I texted Denny O'Brien like, hey, man, what the hell's going on? Because Denny's been around the program for a long time. He's like, man, the offense sucks. And it's the offense, John Thompson levels. Yeah, the offensive line lost a, a starter to Auburn and mm -hmm. one to Oregon. Uh, do you think like they volunteered to go there? <laughs> no. No, that's NIL money. No. Also, um, yeah, they're they're. So they go eight and five, seven and five and in, in, in Houston's third and fourth years. And I, I actually think Mike Houston's a really good coach. Their schedule was very difficult at the start of this season. Um, but that does not excuse losing to Charlotte. ECU should never lose at home to Charlotte. I agree. Um, and also that they can't score any points, but everything. And they also lost, um, they lost Keaton Mitchell and Holt Nailers. Those two guys were dudes. Mm -hmm. Mitchell in particular, I don't think got enough attention while he was putting up the numbers that he did. And then finally, everything I've learned, I've, I learned from Phil Steele. Yeah. Do you remember the old turnover margin that he would go through and say, if a team was really good at turnover margin in, in year one, I promise you in year two, that's not something that's sustainable. Yeah. Uh, just as we've seen with Bill Barnwell with his thing with NFL teams and how their record records and close games mm -hmm. will always find its level. ECU was plus 13 last year. Joe, it's really hard to be plus 13 over the course of a college football season. Yep. Uh, they are actually plus one this year, but that's still a significant difference for a team that cannot get anything going on the offensive side of the football. There's something deeper going on at ECU, and I do think there's a way to tie it between App State and the Pirates. It's the journey up is a lot more fun and easier to accomplish oh, of course. than sustaining. And then getting to that last mile to truly get you over the top. So App State goes from an FCS level program. There's the hype around building that program to join the FBS level, getting to better conferences, sustaining that culture. It Again, the journey to With that. With one coach, by the way, Satterfield. Yes. Yeah. The journey there is easier to do. But then... Not that you bump up to things, but to get to that next level, which App State might find trouble doing over the next five years in group of five play, is much more difficult to sustain or get over the hump. ECU's problem, I think, is twofold. Sustaining is very difficult to do at that level. And ECU is the poster child for the collateral of conference realignment. Straight up. ECU has always been the team that people go, well, what about ECU? How come they can't latch on? Well, the problem is North Carolina is flooded with FBS programs. ECU's in that mix. And they're kind of an afterthought when it comes to the ACC because there's already four schools in North Carolina from the state. So they're not going to add another one. Uh, the Big 12 might have been... My thoughts on that. Yeah, I know. And the Big 12 might have had a, a an inkling of adding ECU, but they've never really been in good position to jump on because they're not really viewed as a brand anymore either. When I moved here in 1995, not knowing anything about the area, other than I know that Duke and Carolina play basketball, mm -hmm. NC State also basketball school, Jimmy V, XYZ. You know who the football program was when I moved here in 1995? The one that I associated with having football culture? 
ECU because ECU. you were down in Miami and they played every year. Yep. Yeah. I knew who ECU was mm -hmm. because they played Miami tough and they always played them tough. And yep. of course you do have the 1995, was it 95 or 96 post hurricane at Carter yeah. Finley stadium, X, Y, Z. Right. So I've always associated them with as, as the, as the football school in North Carolina, they had a culture, but what is ECU's culture now? ECU it's, it's sad. I'm not bringing this up as like a knock. I'm simply saying like, because of the constant churn of conference realignment, a fan base and a culture continues to get beat down. Yeah, And over time, whether it's through conference realignment, poor hiring decisions, all number of factors, that fan base, man, not that they're going to check out, but they're just, they're weary. They're weary. And right now, attendance at, at, at games in Greenville is not what you would associate as ECU fandom. And yeah. I don't blame them, by the way. So yeah, ECU is just in a weird spot, reasons. man. ECU is just in a really weird spot. And I don't know how you get out of it unless you're able to join a power five conference. And that's obviously not happening for ECU. You know, they're essentially back I, in conference USA. I was going to say, it's not even such so much as a power five conference as one. That's a regional one with some interesting opponents. Yeah. And I, you know, my son, my oldest son, James is, is a freshman there. And I told him like going, looking forward to this football season. Then the schedule came out and I'm like, who are the client? They played Marshall in week two. That was the same day as the state Notre Dame game. I'm like, I'm not coming up for that. And then Paris weekend was Gardner Webb. Cool. We went up there, poured, rain right is there one game this year but then you look at the rest of their schedule and you're like give me some recognizable opponents i don't have it and and i know charlotte i would love to see them being uh in a league with charlotte and app state mm -hmm. where you're like oh, okay cool you, you could build odu you know you could build some sort of hate and familiarity with some of these guys but i i wish i could solve ecu's problems for them because i feel like ecu and boise state is probably another example where you look at it and you go what happened to these great kind of programs that were football identity? Mm -hmm. And to your point, they had those builds. And now all of a sudden you're looking at it going, well, what happened to those? Because like, what happened to Boise State? Conference realignment, right? Conference realignment. It's as simple as that. Because like, you talk about the opponents, right? When ECU was yeah, coming Boise up, State used to line people up and play them in, in the early in the season. Same with ECU. Can't App shouts State's to, gonna run in this problem. Shouts to Terry Holland, man. He, yep. did, he did such a great job of, of getting state and Virginia Tech and Virginia and Carolina on their schedule. The Sun Belt is not a conference that looks like it's gonna be ripe to pluck off. The American, unfortunately, was a feeder program yeah. to other conferences. So the the ECU goes from conference USA. To the American, that's part. I don't want to relitigate Ruff and McNeil, you know, because in 2013 they won ten times. It was like the second time it happened in program history, yeah. and then what? Two years later, he was out of there, and it was ultimately because of recruiting and also the step up in competition in the American Athletic Conference. But the problem with the American Athletic Conference is that their good football programs bounced for the They're Big gone. Twelve. Yeah. So you know, yes, you were trying to bump up against Central Florida, Cincinnati, Houston. They're gone. SMU is the next one to leave too, because they're in the American right now. They're going to be joining the ACC yeah. next year. I would rather, if I was ECU, I'd rather be in the Sun Belt with Old Dominion, Georgia State, Georgia yes. Southern, Coastal Carolina, yes. Marshall, and App State and JMU. That's where I would rather be. And that's where the culture might be able to come back and that App State is enjoying right now, because to your point, it's regional. Mm -hmm. They're on your level. And if you take yourself out of the constant chase for the college football playoff and you just focus on let's win our conference, let's win our our like group, then maybe ECU can get back to that. Because right now, when you look at them in the American Athletic Conference, what are we doing here, man? Like, seriously, what are we doing? I want to go see. I can't even name who's in the American anymore. It's hard. 
Like it's I just really like hard. I just said, Charlotte is in their conference. But yeah, it's like when yeah. did they get there? Yeah, so the whole thing, the whole thing's a mess, and it it sucks. It's a bunch of Florida schools and a bunch of Texas schools, and you're like, I, I just don't care. Thanks to Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority for sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. Go check them out, bugsbite.com. Uh, you might not need the mosquito stuff now that we're getting frosts in the morning and the mosquitoes are going to go away until next summer. No, nope. but you need that moisture protector but underneath you your house. Moisture barrier is a the 360 moisture barrier. Mm-hmm. Game changer. Go to bugsbite.com. Punch in your zip code. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're going to see all kinds of deals there, including some of those to go check out that moisture, get rid of those. Because really, Joe, you don't want the M words under your house. No, you, don't. you do not want those words under your house. You don't, you definitely don't want to. I remember somebody from Hayes from uh, Security Authority walked in my house. They go, Do you smell that? And I'm like, <laughs> No. What? <laughs> they were like, That moisture. They're like, I was like, I don't no idea what you're talking about right now. Cause my, my crawl space, you can actually like, I'm, Five eleven and it's six one six mm-hmm. two is space. Look up green stuff. You don't want it. No, get rid of it. So they can handle that for you. Now you can have other issues that affect your house. That's why you need insurance. Mm. That's where Matt Davis State Farm comes into play. Check him out online. Matt had a week, man. Insure, he had a great week. Insuregarner.com, the OG insurance.com, or just call them directly. 919 eighty-two-seventy-seven. Yes, because we have smart listeners. We do. That was the don't I, let I, us down. I, I feel bad that I did not share with you that in real time. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole was like, "Hey, you got you got great audience. They call, they just hey, can can you save us money? They're not unrealistic. Yeah. They're just like, hey, can we have a conversation about it? Absolutely, give them a call 919-779-8277 nine nine seven seven nine eighty two seventy seven. Let's get out of here with some hey Joe questions. Thanks to Oakwood Pizza Box. Uh, I sent Anthony a video from Epcot. I was in Italy. Actual Italy, yeah. Yeah, and real Italy. Yeah. And I showed him a pizza window. I'm like, I'm, I'm here getting the real stuff. He enjoyed that. Authentic New York slice. Which, by the way, as we were talking about pizza, my I think the phone was listening, and my brother showed me this clip of some guy putting all this pepperoni and ranch on this pizza. And it was that Tony Bologna guy. Because remember, Anthony referenced this guy named Tony. I'm like, that's not a real person. He goes, he absolutely is. He makes some pretty crazy pizzas. And sure enough, it was put on my feed. I'm going to have to send it to Anthony because I'm like, you've never put this amount of pepperoni on a pizza before. No. You should try that. You should definitely try that. All right. Let's uh, let's go to the hashtag uh, from our friend Jim over at uh, ILM. Yeah. Um, ACC Network, one of your restaurants from the three-day weekend in Raleigh episode just won an investment from Shark Tank. It's uh, Buena Papa. Have you been to the one at Morgan Street? They have a location at PNC, by the way. It's Loaded Fries. Uh, no, it's good stuff. Papa, man. Potato, got it. Yeah. yeah, why not? Papa, get it right, right, yeah. right. So we love to see that. I'd like to see locals getting some run. But yeah, I've had the Papa's fritas. Yeah, yeah, I've had the Greek version of their French fry. Their loaded French fries. It's really good. They got like chicken and feta cheese on it and various other things. It's really good. They have a Mexican version too. That's gonna put you to nap. Ooh, that's nap time. For you know, I like that. Yeah, I know you like having. Uh, I know you like having a nap. It's a good drive. thing for me. Uh, from our friend Ken, uh, am I driving the pod to tip off so that Julia does not get another ticket? See, look at Ken looking out for me. No, we are driving separately. We are driving separately this time. Sorry, because I won't be getting there until late. Shout out to Nada crashing his place tonight before we get to. It feels like kickoff. maybe it's an OG fund. Maybe we should just splurge <laughs> for what? 
hotel room. I don't know why you're laughing. No, I'm not sharing a room with you. We we've done that before. Nah, I don't want to. Anymore. We're growing. We no. don't have to. We don't have to. We're saving we'll, money. I was gonna say we could stay in uh, Salisbury. I think there's like a there's a good Cuban restaurant in Salisbury. I mean, maybe we can crash Gorin's place in Salisbury. We need to consider. Maybe. All right. From uh, from Matt. I know NC State's offense is a mess, but plus ten at home versus Clemson coming off a brutal loss. The pack have to be able to cover that. Yeah, listen, I never bet on state or bet against state. So um I, I realize I pick this every week. But yeah. I think I think State's gonna play their Super Bowl. And I thought about this again on the rewatch. Yeah. Virginia just played their Super Bowl. They did. Now they happen to win the football game, but they played a great game. I, I think State is gonna play well. I love the uh I love that Dave is benching people for penalties. I know it's about time. I was very excited what you gotta to do. see this yesterday. It's what you gotta do. That's progress from Tom. Don't know if Jovias just hates the dolphins or me after yesterday's podcast, but I'm now team Jillio with uh, friendship ended with Ovias. Now Jillio <laughs> is my best friend. He photoshopped you onto a guy and crossed me out. God, I look young. What happened to that guy? Look at all that hair. Goodness gracious. I don't look like that anymore. I'm a, I was a baby in some of these pictures. Like it's entirely possible that I overrate. I overreacted to the dolphins loss to the Eagles. But it shows you that deep down inside me, the Dolphin fan still lives. Because you know me. I don't usually get too worked about that stuff. No, you don't. You love it when casual Heat fan Joe comes out. I do enjoy that. When Heat culture Joe comes out. Caleb Martin, baby. (laughs) Let's go. We'll we'll get out of here on this. Uh, This is from from Instagram. There there have been these things where uh, it's like Latino versions of teams so basically oh, yeah, yeah. it's the classic case of a hispanic guy asking their buddy, Spurs. how do you pronounce this how <laughs> yes. do you pronounce this and it's you know taco. shout out shout out to my grandparents where it's classic old cuban grand abuelo abuela stuff where it wasn't kentucky fried chicken it was kentucky chicken fry okay like all those types of things so here's this acc edition if i can get the sound <laughs> Yeah, Pittsburgh Panthers. That that actually does track. <laughs> that was close though. Hey Sergio, ¿cómo está ese equipo? Duke Blue Devils. <laughs> and that tracks. Not Duke, Dukey. Nah, and they're not just doing that because they're a Carolina fan. Right. No, no. Some abuela is gonna see that and go, oh yeah, see those those dukies. Like, yes, that tracks. <laughs> okay, Luis, y está aquí. Los duros, Saracuse Orey. These are so accurate. Saracusa. They these are so accurate. I can't. I can't, man. <laughs> My dad's dad would say it that way. When we moved to North Carolina, like North Carolina, like, right. Yeah, it's funny. Okay, ultimo. Okay, Forrest Damon Baker. Oh man. Oh, 
that took me back to South Florida. I love that. <laughs> All right, let's get to wrap it up for today's show. We are going to be in Charlotte for ACC tip-off. Uh, the schedule is going to be a little weird. No, Jillia will be there. The question is, how expensive <laughs> is it going to be? We'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.